and welcome to the Word of Life Church Podcast. We're delighted you've chosen to spend some time with us today. We believe that today's message has the power to inspire and elevate your faith journey. Before we dive in, we'd like to express our heartfelt thanks to our partners. Your generous contributions make it possible for us to continue spreading the gospel, serving our community, and carrying out our ministry. If today's episode moves you and you'd like to be a part of our mission, we'd invite you to become a partner. Your support has an everlasting impact and allows us to reach even more souls. Now, let's turn our hearts and our minds to the Word as we begin today's episode. We are in the last of our series, Dealing With. And so, talking about dealing with addiction, dealing with guilt and shame, dealing with uh, disappointment, dealing with labels, um, dealing with marriage, dealing with family problems. And last week, I started talking about dealing with life. And I wanted to continue on that part, dealing with life part two. Uh, and so in Luke chapter nine, just paraphrase it. Uh, we have it on the podcast if you want to listen to it, um, where I was talking about in Luke chapter nine that where uh, Jesus had asked the question, who do people say that I am? And then he turned around and said, well, Peter, who do you say that I am? He said, thou art the Christ. And so uh, Jesus made this statement, you know, for those following me, you know, you must come after me, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. So I talk about the, the coming after God, coming after Christ. I talked about denying yourself. But in this one, we'll tap on a little bit about um, taking up your cross and then following him. Taking up your cross and then following him. Yesterday, I was with a couple of church members. And uh, for me, I love to go into the community of Jackson. Born and raised in Jackson myself, I love being in Jackson. Uh, and so yesterday we had the opportunity to just have some some conversations with um, people who are literally touching the lives of the younger generation. And as we began to speak, there was something that was shared. And have you ever had a statement or someone say something to you that when you heard it, that it hit you in the heart? And when I say hit you in the heart, it's like uh, you took on that pain, even though it wasn't your pain. You, you took on even the emotions of the conversation, even though it's literally not your conversation. You're just hearing it. And so this is what was stated uh, yesterday because it literally hit me in the heart. And literally, I took on the pain when I heard it. This is what the young lady said. She said, we have noticed in having conversation with a lot of the children but also to the ones who are their guardian or one of the parents. This is a statement that a child would express. And they said, well, how do you feel? How are things, you know, like going on? And it was like, well, I don't know how to feel. Because I don't know who my mother is. I don't know who my father is. It's like, why, well, why are you saying this? Because they're saying they have been incarcerated since I was a little child. So, of course, in hearing this, the pain, the emotion, and I'm like, 
But these are children now that are 11 and 12 years old. And they have been carrying this. And I'm like, Lord, how do we handle this? How, how do we navigate through this? And as Jesus has stated, for those who are going to follow me, you must come after me. You must deny yourself, but also to take up your cross and, and follow me. And so in taking up that cross and that of surrender and in, in, in following him, his lifestyle, his way of things, that even when you hear conversations like that, will the conversation move you? Yes. Will that conversation stick with you? Yes. But how do you navigate through a conversation like that? And all I can share with you is what I did in that moment is I begin to pray. But in praying, I was not praying by myself. And as we have stated in this series, your life and my life will go in the direction of our most dominant thought. My dominant thought in that moment was hurt. My dominant thought in that moment was pain. So that is what I took on and my life was going in that direction in that moment. And in the part two of this series, dealing with life, because that's literally what she was dealing with, is telling me, other members as we heard it, we're dealing with a life situation. We're dealing with life. And it's how do we navigate through this? I don't know who the children are. I never met them. But I'm dealing with something that I'm not even in, but I'm in the moment because of what I heard. I'm in the moment because I can see the emotion. I can see the pain even as I'm hearing those words. So now I'm dealing with someone's life that I don't even know. I'm now overwhelmed with someone's life that I don't even know. I'm concerned about someone that I don't even know. And at times, being honest, we can try to take on that as though we are the savior of the world. And in doing that, we wear ourselves out. And in doing that, we literally can get in disobedience because we're doing something that God never, ever told us to do. But because we heard it, now we're in that situation. We throw ourselves into that situation and it's like, "Woo! I got the answer. I'm going to help you out. Really? Can you? Are you? And we find ourselves at times it's like, oh, what I thought was going to work is not going to work. So now we're overwhelmed and now we're in a situation that we thought we literally could help. But it's like, mm, I can't help. Today, I want to talk about someone who can help. Because in that moment, when I heard that, I turned to the one who can help. I turned to the one who is the comforter. I turned to the one who is the counselor. Who is 
that person. Before I reveal to you who that person is, let's go to John chapter 3, verse 16. I want to lay out just a, a path that God himself has laid out for us because he knew at times we would be hearing with conversations like that. And sometimes it's not just a conversation. Sometimes it is actually family member that is navigating that life situation or a friend that's navigating that life situation. But God gave us a a pattern. And I want to look at at this. So John chapter 3, verse 16, I know many of us can probably quote it, but uh, I just wanted us to turn to it in the Bible and read it. And if you don't have your Bible with you, it's okay. It's on the screen. John chapter 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God's gift to you, God gifts to me. God gives to the world is Jesus himself. Jesus himself gave his life so that you and I would not perish, but that we would have eternal life. Life even after we leave this earth. But even while we are here on earth, how do we navigate life? How do we deal with life? For God so loved he gave. So out of navigating this life and dealing with this life, we must always remember that we must go back to the one who loves us at all times. No matter what the situation is, no matter what the problem is, we must go back to the one that loves us, the one that believes in us, the one that gave us his one and only son. So let's go to John chapter 14. Verse 16, so we know God loves us. He gave us his only begotten son. And we have the opportunity to receive him as Lord and Savior in Jesus Christ. Eternal life. John chapter 14, Jesus says something and he's talking about the promise of someone. So let's look at, we'll start at verse 15. John 14, verse 15, Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey what I command. Verse 16, and I will ask the father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you for you know him for he lives with you and will be in you and that of being a born again believer one who has accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior the Holy Spirit is in you the Spirit of God is in you let's look at verse 26 and verse uh, 27 John chapter 14 Verse 26, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, will teach you all things, will remind you 
of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. Peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Notice how this scripture is tied to don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. Starts with verse 26. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said. Peace, I leave with you. Peace, I give. And he's talking about do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be afraid. The Holy Spirit is God's gift to us as believers. Jesus is God's gift to the world, but the Holy Spirit is God's gift to us as his children. The counselor who's going to teach us all things, but also the one when we hear things, do not let our hearts be troubled. Do not let our hearts be afraid. So in that moment when I heard that statement, I begin to say, Holy Spirit, I need your help. Holy Spirit, right now, I am troubled. Holy Spirit, right now, I do not have peace about what I just heard. Because I know that is not God's best. And I know that was never, ever, ever God's plan. But because of decisions that were made, now there are consequences that these children are walking through even though they did not do it. Even though that is not God's plan, it still happened because of someone else's decision. Dealing with life. And Jesus knew there are going to be things that troubles us and bothers us, but he's like, hey, 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 don't be afraid. Peace, peace, peace. Because even in hearing that, there's still a peace. And so I began to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I began to pray and I was like, help me out, Holy Spirit. How do I pray? Because how do you even pray when you hear something like that? What, what do you say other than Lord help? What do you say other than mercy? What do you say other than my God? What do you say? Dealing with life. The Holy Spirit, he is here to help us. Let's go to John uh, chapter 16, verses 13 through 15. John chapter 16, verses 13 through 15. Just a couple of pages over. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the father is mine. That is why I said the spirit, the Holy Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. 
Jesus is basically telling his disciples, and this is the context it comes from, hey, I'm about to leave the earth. I know you've walked with me, you ate with me, you talked with me. We had some good, you know, uh, fish fried dinners, but hey, I'm about to go. Got to go. And he's saying, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. My peace, I'm going to give you my peace. I'm going to leave with you. Who is this peace? The Holy Spirit. Who is this guy? The Holy Spirit. Who is the comforter? The Holy Spirit. The Spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit. Jesus just said this himself. He's talking about who he has left for us. I know my wife and I with our children, you know, when we'll leave them with with my parents would be like, hey, we're about to go. And we left the food on the countertop. When you're hungry, just get the food. When you're hungry, my, my, my wife messed with me. You be saying hungry, hungry, sorry. <laughs> Y'all probably didn't even notice it until I just said, but hungry. And so when you're hungry, just get the food off the countertop and warm it up. We have left food for you. So my wife and I, we're gone on, on a date or we're just going ride, you know, just hanging out, having some fun. And our daughter, Kyla, calls from my mom. She called Mimi, called from Mimi phone. Mama, I'm hungry. Kim, really, Kyla? I told you. I left the food on the countertop. When you're hung- hungry... Y'all going to be messing with me now. Put it in a microwave and eat. Notice what she need is already provided for. What she needs is already left. Even though it was spoken to her, she is still ignoring the very thing that is made available for her that can fill the void that is in her life. But because of not paying attention, she's now not receiving the very thing that was left for her. So now she thinks there is a void. Now she thinks there is a void. There is not a void. So what does Kim do? Kyla, like I said, <laughs> the food is left on the countertop. Go ahead and put it in a microwave and you can eat. At that time, now Kyla has a decision. Will she choose the very thing that was left for her Or will she try to go and create something on her own, expecting it to fill a void? And God is saying with us, as we deal with things in our lives, I have left someone for you. The world will say, you don't need that. You don't need him. But I'm telling you, because he was with me. He was the one I fellowship with. He was the one that comforted me. He was the one that counseled me. So I have left, I have left the same one 
for you. So don't let your hearts be troubled. Kyla, don't let your heart be troubled. There's food available for you, baby. You must choose what I've left. And what I've left is more than enough for you. But you have to make the decision to choose and partake of what I have left available for you. John chapter 8, paraphrase. We got time. John chapter 8, 31 through 32. John chapter 8. I'm going to take my time with this. I'm not going to rush. Treat it like a buffet. John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verses 31 through 32. Now think about this. Think about this. Here you have Jesus. He is telling us what he has left. You have Jesus speaking the truth. You have Jesus living the truth. But here is something that happens even before Jesus revealed this about the Holy Spirit. John chapter 8, verses 31 through 32. So here we have Jesus. He's about to talk about two people. The first one, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Verse 32, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Question, what is the language of God? Truth. God always speak truth. Say that with me. God always, God always speaks, truth. speaks truth. Now let's go up to, now let's go to verses 44 through verse uh, 47. We have another person in the story. So Jesus talks about the children. Abraham, he talks about who God is, the truth. You shall know the truth, you shall be free. Verses... No, let's go to verse 43. Sorry, verse 43. The language of God is truth. Verse 43. Listen to Jesus. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him when he lies He speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? He who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Satan's native language is lies. So when it comes to the Holy Spirit, do you think Satan is going to be in the language of truth or is he going to be in the language of lies? So anything that God has left available for us, the devil is not going to reveal the truth about it. He can't. There's no truth in them. 
So everything he says, it is a lie. Let's go to Acts chapter 1. I'm building something here, y'all. I'm going somewhere. I'm building something here. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Acts chapter 1, now that Jesus has left the earth. Well, before he leaves the earth, he's talking about the Holy Spirit again. He's about to leave and he's telling them the very thing, the very person that they need. And he comes back just before he leaves. Acts chapter one, verse four. On the occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So let's go to Acts chapter 2, verses 1 and 4. So Jesus says, Satan is a lie. He reveals that he is truth. And when you know the truth, you'll be set free. Jesus said, I have left you. I have left you a counselor. I'm asking the father to give you another counselor. My peace I leave. My peace I give. Do not let your hearts be trouble. Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit comes. Verse 1, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Verse 2, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where, where they were sitting. Verse 3, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Verse 4, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit. Not as them all of them begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, enabled them. So now you hear these people, they're like, man, they must be drunk. Something got to be wrong with them. Peter stands up. He's like, man, it's too early in the morning for them to be drunk. All right. So uh, he talks about uh, what's going on, what's happening. Let's look at verse 42 through 47, because this is what I want to, to help us realize in dealing with life. Jesus said, I have left you someone. And out of leaving this someone, now that you have received him. So Jesus is God's gifts to the world. The Holy Spirit is God's gift to the children of God. Verses 40 through 42 through 47. Let's look at what happened after they received the Holy Spirit and speaking in on their tongues. 42 through 40. No, I have my points up there, Don. Can you just pull the uh, points up? We won't read it. Um, that were, instead of the scripture, can you just do the points? I think it was... Where I said they devoted themselves to the word, the apostles' teaching. Well, we can just read it. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Does that sound weird? 
Y'all can respond to me. Does that sound weird? This is after they received the Holy Spirit. This is what they did. Does that sound weird? They devoted themselves to the apostle teaching, the breaking of bread, and the fellowship of prayer. All right. 43. Everyone was filled with awe. Hmm. They're not troubled. They're not terrified. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. Does that sound weird? Verse 44, all the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Verse 47, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is after they received the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. What I just read, is any of that weird? Y'all can respond. I I see the head. (laughs) Thank you. I'm just saying verbally, verbally. Notice this. Can you see how the enemy has come in and tried to make the Holy Spirit someone that's weird? How the enemy has come in and said, oh, oh, shoot, I don't want none of that. You keep that to yourself. Now, I must admit, there are some things, some experiences that even I have seen and people have said that that is the Holy Spirit. But we just saw one example in the results of the Holy Spirit after he has come on you. Nothing is weird about what we just read. Everybody flourished. There was no troubling. There was no discontent. Everyone had everything they need. The Holy Spirit, who Jesus said, who I will leave for you. But what I love about God, he's not a God of force. It's up to you and I to receive this part of the Holy Spirit. Now, as a believer, once you're born again, the Holy Spirit, yes, he comes. He's in you. He's in you. But there is another infilling of the Holy Spirit in that of what's speaking in tongues. The second part. Go to, I just don't want to say it. I want to give you some scripture for it. Uh, Let me see here. Acts, let's go to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. Let me see. All right, here we go. Acts chapter 8, verse 14. Verse 14 through 17. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. Verse 15. When they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply... They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
meaning accepting Jesus Christ into their heart. Verse 17, then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Let's go to Acts chapter 19. Let me give you one more. Acts chapter 19, verse 2. Acts chapter 19, verse 2. We'll start with verse one. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Verse four, Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance, meaning you're turning from your old life and you're turning into the new things of Christ. You're turning from the old way, turning to the new way of Christ. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse six, when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. What is tongues? Tongues is an inspired utterance in an unknown tongue. Inspired utterance in an unknown tongue. Prophecy is utterance in a known tongue, meaning man stops talking and God is talking. So, If I was to begin to speak in tongues right now, y'all be like, man, what is wrong with that brother? We about to get up out of here. I don't know what he's saying. It sounds foolish right about now. Lord Jesus, probably what y'all would say after you said that. Because you don't know what I'm saying. You don't know what I'm saying. But God knows what I'm saying. Because that is a heavenly language. So if I was to start speaking Spanish, unless you know Spanish, you'd be like, what is what are you saying? I don't understand what you're talking about. What's, you know, if I would say uno, like, oh, he going to play the card game or, or is he talking about the number one? In Spanish, you would know I'm saying one. English, oh, he likes to play uno. So if I would start speaking French and you know French, you could interpret it. Because you know the language. So speaking in tongues, this is that part when I was saying when I heard that conversation yesterday and I heard those words, what did I begin to do? I begin to pray. Well, I begin to pray in the spirit. Not loud that where they could hear me, but under my voice. But I was only able to do that because I made a decision to receive the Holy Spirit the next level or the infilling of the Holy Spirit in speaking in tongues. Now, this inspired utterance, let's go to Jude 120 before I say that. And I'm wrapping up right here. I want to take my time with this. I don't like rushing. There's no one when you say, oh, pastor, take your time, take your time. All right, Jude 1, (laughs) Jude 120. But you, dear friends, watch this now, watch this. But you, dear friends, build yourselves up 
in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Build yourself up on your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit, dealing with life. Because at times life will suck the energy out of you. I'm pretty sure we have all been in that situation when a battery was dead. But we come into the vehicle expecting for it to start. So we get in there. Man, what's going on? And sometimes, depending if it's really dead, click. You turn that key, click. He's like, man, what's going on? What's happening? What's so you lift up the hood, if you know just a little bit about a battery, corrosion. Gets so corroded that it literally takes the igniting of the cables to get in alignment with the alternator and the starter to turn the engine over. But it can't. Battery's corroded. And sometimes in life, we get corroded. In conversations. They corrode us. And we go out thinking we have this energy, this life. And it's like, man, why I'm so sluggish today? Why I'm so. And here it's saying, build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. So as you know, a dead battery, you cannot go anywhere. As much as you want to, you can't go. So at times... Booster cable can bring life even to a dead situation. So you may be on the side of the road, everybody passing you by. But then sometimes a friend, you know, you know him personally or somebody just out of the kindness of their heart, they pull over. Hey, is everything all right? They know it's not, but that's just a, you know, open introduction. <laughs> The hood of, of course, it's not all right. <laughs> so get over. Is everything all right? Oh, no. What you, what you got going on? Well, you know, my car won't start. So they look at the battery. It's like, oh, man, I got some jumper cables. Is it okay if I give you a boost off? Oh, yeah, I love that boost off. <laughs> They'll hook up the cables to their battery. It's full of light. Then they hook it up to the dead battery that once had light. So then it's like, go ahead, get in the car, try to start it up now. Click. It's like, oh, and you in the car, like, oh man, I'm gonna have to get a new battery. That's $110. I don't wanna spend right now. Get in there, you adjust the cables a little bit. I ain't tried now. Doesn't start. Hold on just a little minute. Then they get in their car. The batter that's full of life. They get their right foot. Come on, you already know. They put a little gas on. Give me a little gas. Give me a little gas. And they give a little gas and they hold it. And it's like, oh, and then it's like, start now, start now. It's like, woo, you shout. You're like, yes, yes. That's the same way with the Holy Spirit. 
There's nothing weird about getting booster cables. There's nothing weird about somebody pulling up wanting to help. They see you down and they want to help. And Jesus is saying, hey, do not let your heart be troubled. Do not be afraid. Life situations are going to come, but I have left you a comforter. I have left you a counselor. I have left you my peace. But will you choose him today? Will you choose my peace? Will you choose my comfort? Will you choose my counsel? And for us as a church, we literally believe in praying in the spirit. We believe in God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy Spirit. The devil will only want you to know God, the father and God, the son. He doesn't want you to know God, the Holy Spirit. So he will say in and everything about the Holy Spirit. That is not true. The Holy Spirit is the one that helped Jesus fulfill his ministry. So if the Holy Spirit helped Jesus fulfill his life, why wouldn't the Holy Spirit help us fulfill our lives? But Satan is not going to tell you that. He's not going to tell me that. And so two things I just want to share as I close. This book, The God I Never Knew by Pastor Robert Morris. And he just talks about the relationship, the friendship of the Holy Spirit. If you want to know more about the Holy Spirit, this is a good book. This is a good read for you to learn and know about the Holy Spirit. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. There are even scriptures that he has in this book that will tie with the word of God to help faith comes, to help remove doubt, to help remove fear, to help remove the lies. Maybe there are some things you've heard about the Holy Spirit. I know growing up some things I've heard and I saw people say it was the Holy Spirit. Bye-bye. Don't want it. But don't allow somebody else's experiences to stop you receiving the truth of who God is. Judge it by God's word, not someone else's experience. So that's the first thing. Secondly, when I dismiss at the end of the service, our prayer team will be down front. And if you want to know more about the Holy Spirit or if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit because you have accepted Jesus Christ into your heart as Lord and Savior, that is available. And for me, what I love about in in talking to uh, the community yesterday and hearing that story, there was so much life that came after that because we yielded to the Holy Spirit. Build yourselves up on your most holy faith. Because when we heard that life was taken out, energy was sucked out, the overwhelm, the stress came in. Build yourselves up on your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. We're not bringing attention to ourselves. We're bringing attention to the very one who can change the situation, who can calm the situation and bring peace to the situation. And so now we're saying to those, even though you're in this situation, it does not mean that God can't come in this situation. He is still available for you. But we were able to deal with 
with that because of the help of the Holy Spirit. And so as we close this series out, that is literally what I want to give to you. That is literally what I want to share with you in dealing with addictions, marriage, what the Holy Spirit is here to help. Jesus left the Holy Spirit. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. My peace I leave, my peace I give. And as a church, we love the Holy Spirit. We fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And we want to make sure you know the Holy Spirit is available to you if you desire to receive. It's not a force. It's not a pressure. Will you still go to heaven? Yes, you will. The only thing that will stop you from going to heaven if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And What we're just saying is, and what Jesus said, the very one that helped me, I want to give him to you freely the helper the Holy Spirit let's bow our heads and pray Father God we thank you for this day we thank you for this time we love you we appreciate you and Father we honor you we honor you as our Father we honor you as our Creator We say thank you for being good and thank you for being it.